Welcome back to Sporting Goss on this Tuesday morning. Thanks for your company. A busy, busy show so far. And let's turn our attention to cricket, in particular women's cricket. The Australian women's team has signed a two-year contract extension with their head coach in Matthew Mott. He's been kind enough to join us. Uh, Matt, uh, in a very troubled time of the world going around, it's nice to put uh, the pen to paper. It certainly is, Tim. I think, um, you know, I was pretty confident. I've been in, in constant contact with Ben Oliver uh, over the last few months. And, uh, yeah, we, we definitely had some big plans around the next couple of years. So I was confident that uh, we could put pen to paper. But, um, as you mentioned, it, it's a pretty uncertain world at the moment. So it is great to be able to sit down and formally agree. And something I'm really committed to is the next two years, we've got a huge uh, schedule ahead of us. And um, I think that the group's in a nice, sweet spot to, to take it on. We've probably reinvigorated, I guess, with a quiet year on the on the international front, but um, there's a lot of big tournaments in front of us. Yeah, no doubt. So this is obviously uh, keeps you in charge until the defence of the, the T20 World Cup title in 2023. And obviously you've got lots of series, fingers crossed, that these can be played out in uh, some sort of normality going forward. Just tick off in regards to importance when you're the coach of one of our premier uh, sporting teams in the country. Where do you, what do you tick off first uh, when you know where we talk about uh, athletes who prefer Olympics over World Championships, over Commonwealth Games, over National Championships? How does that fall in the world of uh, women's cricket? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really complex question to answer actually because um, you know they're all really important in their own way. I think back to um, you know the first World Cup that I was a part of in the West Indies. Very special because we got the the monkey off the back, and then there's the home one here where there was a lot of external pressure to perform and, and fill the MCG. So yeah, people always ask which one do you enjoy more. They're all very different, and I think um, you know, what what is coming up is we're playing against India, and that's the first thing on the horizon. And uh, trying to avoid too many cliches, but we can't really look too far ahead of that from a playing and coaching perspective. Um, planning wise, we're, we're we're obviously looking two years ahead and. Uh, we want to try and win every series. That's one of our goals. And uh, I've said it before, I think every team should aspire to do that. But uh, realistically, we, we've, India are going to come here after some hardened cricket from you know, uh, playing against England over there. They, they're probably slow out of the blocks over there, but they just won their last match. They're going to be a, a real form team by the time they come over here. They'll be hardened and have spent time together. So we'll be coming out of um, some really great state programs, but not being together a lot. Um, so... Getting that continuity from a game perspective is going to be crucial early, as early as we can. And obviously a big one over there in Perth uh, for the Test match is, is our, our first outing. Um, you know, I think everyone genuinely is excited about what that will bring. Uh, playing India in Perth um, should be an absolute belter of a game. Yeah, day-night test at the Wacker. That starts on September 30. When we talk about test cricket, I woke up this morning and I, whether I was dreaming or whether I actually heard it, did I hear Meg Lanning say she would like Cricket Australia to think about the scheduling of longer version cricket in the domestic competition for the States to allow better preparation for test series and test matches? Do you agree? Yeah, look, I think Meg Meg's a, Meg's a great voice in cricket and uh, you know we, we talk a lot. And I, I think there's the ideal world where... Yeah, we'd love to have more long-form cricket in there. It's just trying to jam-pack it into what is already a busy calendar, and that's the that's the tricky thing. And uh, from a player's perspective, I know that they all love playing Test cricket. You know, I can think back to you know every presentation of a baggy green cap, the smile on the face, you know, the goosebumps uh, around when when players have presented their caps from former players. So that, there's something very very special about the longer format, and it's something we don't want to see um, go out of the game. But it's 
you know, for the administrators, it's a tricky balancing act because, um, you know, commercially you've got to get teams in and out, particularly in a COVID world. It's expensive to have teams in quarantine for a very long time and mm. there's only one pie. So how you divide it up is, is, is a really um, you know, difficult balancing act to, to try and grow the game. Is, is T20 is definitely a, a key driver to attract young girls into the sport uh, and they want to see their heroes on TV. So... Um, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of smarter people out there than me that can find that balance. It's something we're working towards as a group. Um, I'm lucky enough to be on the uh, International ICC Women's Committee where I, ha I do have a little bit of a voice, and, and that's only I'm nearly on there. But, yeah, hopefully just striking that balance. It's not about just um, all of a sudden just throwing in longer-form cricket. We've got to, got to work out how it all fits into the big picture. Matthew Mott, our guest on Sporting Goss on SENWA, head coach of the Australian women's team, fresh from a two-year contract extension, which takes him through to uh, the defence of the T20 World Cup title and so many big tournaments in the interim. You've decided to get yourself a, a full-time fast bowling coach. Uh, ben Sawyer has been signed on to your support staff. Uh, tell, tell us the theory behind that. Is, is that an area you need to improve on to be... Uh, and to stay at the top of the tree, or is it just something that you think that he brings a great skill set that uh, you can um, you can feed off? Yeah, to, to be honest, ben, ben was a victim of of COVID. Uh, he he was with the team for the previous two and a bit years uh, and did an outstanding job with our, our all of our fast bowlers. You know, with some great planning and uh, he's a hugely analytical uh, mind that uh, you know really got us thinking differently as a, as a bowling group. Um, and then COVID hit, and unfortunately, he was a contractor, and um, you know for job certainty and job you know like security of tenure, he he took a role with Cricket New South Wales, which was because he based in his hometown in Sydney. He did a great job there under Leah Poulton, uh, and we're just grateful to have him back. So we were now in the opportunity uh, with what's coming up over the next two years. Um, you know, to, to be able to secure a full-time position. We had a really exhaustive process and had a number of great applicants. Uh, that only finished last week. Um, you know, quick shout-out to Ryan Harris, who was on our last tour of New Zealand, did a, a fantastic job. Um, but, yeah, we went through a, a great process and it was exciting to see just the calibre of, of people applying for that role. But, yeah, Ben was a standout. He's got a proven track record. He's got a head coach mentality. Um, he's heading over uh, in a couple of days for the 100 over there with the Birmingham Phoenix. So he's got a wide range of experience, uh, a decade-long career in, in women's cricket. So uh, we're ex really excited to have him on board with himself and Shelley Nitschke to round out. You know, we've got all bases covered there. We're probably the one area we, we don't uh, have service well at the moment. It's tricky as, uh, is our wicket-keeping, but um, Elisa Healy and Beth Mooney manage themselves really well around that. Alrighty. Well, speaking of uh, wiki-keeping, uh, Gilly and Goss, breakfast show we do here in Perth on, on SEN, Adam Gilchrist and, and myself on Mondays and Fridays. We spoke to Cam Green yesterday about what took place over there in Queensland. He's currently in, uh, in, in uh, quarantine here in WA in self-quarantine at home. But he talked about the values uh, meeting. That's what the, the meeting basically was up there in Queensland with Justin Lang, where they sat down and they talked about values and wrote down values. And a lot of it was about um, Justin Langer's values when he first came into the group. Now it's the senior players who want to have an investment in the values. Can you explain to us uh, your values in regards to your women's team and, and do, do they need freshening up as well? And now that you've got tenure sorted personally, uh, do they get freshened as well? And, and what sort of, uh, you talked about Meg Lanning and of course you've got so many others, Alyssa Healy being another in regards to your, your senior players in your group and Elise Perry. Do they have input in regards to the values? 
Yeah, absolutely, they do, and, and you know, it's a it's a great piece of timing from you to ask that. It, it, we've spent the last couple of weeks, and unfortunately, we're meant to be up in Darwin, uh, really ironing out our, our processes and our values. Uh, but unfortunately, with the state borders closing, we we decided that, to pull that camp, and um, so we did it online, which um, you know, from the outset, we're a bit skeptical about, but it actually worked incredibly well, and. Uh, our values have served us very well over over a long period of time, but we do feel that they can do with just a little bit of sharpening up. Um, and so, you know, definitely a huge input from the playing group. And, and just so, just a bit of background that um, our, our values would probably came out of our lowest point. We lost the 2017 uh, World Cup to India, and it forced some real soul searching and, and just working out what we were going to stand for. And um, my only input into the the, the values was to to charge the players with the brief that they, they had to fit on one page um, and they had to resonate with the whole group and people needed to be able to, to refer to them. We didn't want a, a document that would just sit up the back of the room and, you know, we, we address it every couple of years and it's got dust all over it. So I think they've done that incredibly well. Mm. I, I suppose the, the two that really stand out for me was the team first mentality. So, you know, always thinking what's best for the team, right? And that, that really sort of, filtrated through our role clarity for our players and some players taking on some roles that you know, maybe they didn't ideally like, but they were the best interest of the team. And the other one was fearless. And I think um, that's probably the one that's had the, the most impact because we were a team that was playing pretty timidly. We had very good calibre of players, but we were a bit conservative. And, um, you know, teams were taken up to us and we weren't responding well. So those are the two that have come out. And, and so we're, we're trying to think of that third one at the moment. It was informed and accountable. Uh, but it, that's a little bit wordy for us and we want to just try and get it down to something really meaningful around probably more just those extra 1% things outside of those other two values. Wonderful insight from Matthew Mott, head coach of the Australian women's team in regards to the values of the women's group. When you talk about fearless, last one for you, and every time we have a conversation, I'm sure you are across it, every time you're interviewed or a player is interviewed, in particular about your ODI, you know, your sequence, your world record, unbeaten run of 24 and the like, and what you did to New Zealand and in April, that 3-0 series. So you're up to 24. Does the fearless part come into that in regards to the way you play? Because I can imagine... And I see this in other sports, uh, you know, being uh, in the industry for a long time, where they you try and protect a record rather than go out and add to the record. And with that, you change the way you think and change the way you play. Now, that record is great and everyone wants to continue it. And I know this is going to sound really stupid, but I am known to say stupid things at times, Matt. Um, <laughs> Very good nice, company. Would it be nice to lose <laughs> it? Would it be nice not to have that record in a roundabout way so you're – focus can recalibrate I, I know how to put that if you know what I mean yeah no I think it's I think it's a, a something people talk about a lot and I'm not exactly sure where I sit on it like I think um, yeah, I think there's there's been losses in our past that have been very good for us but you know when people sort of say oh that was a loss they needed to have I, I don't necessarily agree with that I think sometimes you need a scare I think um, you know in games where you've maybe taking the foot off and, and you've nearly been found out is probably enough for me. I don't don't like losing at the best of times and I, not many people in our group do. But to me, to me, it's about where we've made the biggest shift is whether we win, lose or draw, I can honestly say that we critique the game for each passage of play rather than, you know, the emotion behind the win and the loss. And I think, yeah, you know, I credit a number of people for that, but probably the one who needs the most is, is Rachel Haynes. And, the way we used to review games was traditionally 
like most teams would do, straight after the match, we'd, we'd get into it and we'd say, right, where are we good, where are we bad? There's a high degree of emotion there. And um, the feedback from the playing group was there was a lot of good messages, but they weren't ready to listen to those messages because they were still digesting their own performance. So something we did, uh, which has had a massive impact, is we, we debriefed the next day, which is not something traditionally that cricket teams do. I think footy teams do it you know, quite regularly, but... Normally, you just want the caravan to move on as a cricket team that get the next venue and, and, and dust yourself off if you lose and, you know, have a few drinks and say, well done when you win. But we, we really debrief for each passage of play. So we don't get overly consumed with the win and we don't um, get too upset by the loss. We just try and uh, stick in that, in that detail that's going to get us performing better in the next game that we play. What's next as we let you go? What's next for the group? You and uh, when do you come together in this crazy COVID world we live in? Fingers crossed. Uh, we've got a camp in August now. Um, so we um, we did have a number of players that were meant to go over to the 100. Uh, it's disappointing on a number of levels that we can't get over there. But um, we've decided to put this stand this camp up. The players are getting serviced incredibly well in their states at the moment. But um, we really need to get together as a group before that Indian series. As you said before, just nail down our values, be really clear on our process, um, and look forward to a big 18 to... 24 months ahead. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. I think everyone in the group is frothing to get back together. We've, we've been away for a long time and, um, yeah, we're ex- really excited about what's in front of us. Yeah, September 19 with the first of the three ODIs against uh, India. And don't forget that day-night test at the WACA starting on September 30 also. Matt, congratulations on the re-signing. I know you probably want to go under the under the radar with that, but it's just about continuing your great work. Congratulations again, mate, and we appreciate you taking our call today on the Sporting Goss here in Perth. Thanks a lot, Tim. Take care, mate. Good on you. There's Matthew Mott, head coach of the Australian women's cricket team. They're in great hands. This is Sporting Goss.